0: Changing the sales game on webtalkradio.com. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. Yay, you're here. So I hope as you listen to the show, you know, my guests and I, we're in this business of selling, right? Sales is an important piece of any business, whether you're working for a corporation or your own uh, small business that you're uh, dealing with. And sales is a key part of that. And I know a lot of time people freak out. They hear that word sales and they think wolf of wall street. And on my watch, that is not cool. And that is not okay. Sales really is about coming from love, care and respect. And one of the key skills we need to develop to do that is communication. So in the show notes, you will find my gift to you. It is my communication style assessment to report, you know, the routine one will spotlight your natural superpowers of how you show up or more importantly, how your message is being received part two to that. You'll get a secondary report, which is your lowest score line spot. So to me, dial into that one, and it really shows you how your message is received by people who communicate 180 degrees different than you. So again, that link is in the show notes, my gift to you. Now, my quote to set the stage for the comment with my guest, who, by the way, is back for the second time because he's just that good. But my motivational quote before we get to him is by Fergal Glynn, and Fergal says, a bad habit appearing at many companies is to put reps in the un, in, uh, inevitable position of trying to hit their quota by feverishly working through as many opportunities as they can. But this isn't necessarily the ideal solution. Data-driven sales teams are finding that it's usually more effective to spend more time on qualification earlier in a sales cycle in an effort to to only deliver the best opportunity to highly paid account executives. So I know this quote's a little longer than I typically like, but this made it really clear for me, I, I think, on how I run a business and how my guest does. And I've been teaching a ton of business development classes recently um, just because of what's happening in our economy. And when I say that business development is 90% preparation, everybody in my class is kind of laugh at me. By the end of the course, the light bulbs go off. Planning and strategizing before you even begin outreach in my world is paramount to saving time, money, and effort for every salesperson out there, team, or business owner. So we think it's a waste of time. Well, I'm here to tell you for 40 years, I've strategized, reviewed, self-evaluated my own freaking skill development and planned every sales call before speaking with a prospect or client. It works. Well, today back for the second time is my good friend, Gabe Li- Liullo. I know I'm saying that wrong, Gabe, you'll correct me. Uh, he's back for the second time and his expertise is sales, marketing, recruiting, and management. Um, and he began uh, when he started his own business after graduation from the University of Hartford. He owned and operated his own sales training and marketing firm for over a decade. And he's excelled in training sales and marketing professionals. And additionally, Gabe has had a successful career in executive cr- uh, recruiting. He's been instrumental in expanding the company search and placement for IT software development, sales, customer success, marketing, and executive leadership. Gabe's Gabe's most recent success has been with us uh, here at Alleyoop for many years. I love the name of that one, Gabe. For many years, he's been working to build and grow the company by focusing on our culture, environment, customer success, and sales. Please help me welcome Gabe back to the show. So, Thanks for being on, kiddo.
1: Connie, thank you so much for everything. And I'm a huge fan. Love the show. Uh, thanks so much for asking me to come back. And I'm excited to be here. By the way, I love that quote that you picked. I don't know if you picked it for me or not, but that's a, a, a something that we've been talking about for several months now with a lot of clients. Love to dig into that quote a little bit with you. But again, thanks so much for for having me.
0: Yeah. And we had such a good, uh, show. And, uh, and by the way, everyone, I will put the other show in the show notes. It was, it was fairly recently, but mm-hmm. just so that you can listen to that one first or, or vice versa, it doesn't matter. But I'm telling you, uh, filled with a lot of, of, of information. So, all right. Let's start with the quote. Why did it resonate? Now, by the way, everybody, when I pick those quotes, my guests have no input. They don't know what I'm going to come to the table with. And I think that. Kind of adds to the mystery, but also to the launch of what the conversation is. So why did that quote resonate for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just so the audience knows, you know, my background, like you mentioned, we're sales development, right? So what our focus is, is big companies, small companies, founder led companies come to us and they need more appointments, more meetings on the calendar, and they don't want their account executives to spend all day sourcing and prospecting. They hire us. Our reps are prospecting, doing that front end of the the, the top uh, of the uh, sales cycle, and then putting those demos on their calendar. So when you say this to me, it, it, that quote, it really resonates because here's what we're seeing right now in the market. We are sending a ton of meetings over. Clients are coming to us. Turbulence is happening in the sales world. There's a lot, a lot of AI conversations. Yes. There's... They're, you know, tech and SaaS specific companies are are really downsizing right now, in in various you know industries. But with the turbulence, what I'm what we're seeing is they come to us and they say we need more demos. That's the problem. And then what happens is we put more demos in their world, and guess what? There's still a problem. Yeah. And the reality is, and what we're finding is that all of these account executives that were hired in the boom, let's say pre-COVID. When everything was bullish there's a lot of low-hanging fruit yeah there's a lot of budget you know uh, you know issue no nobody no budget issues yeah and everyone was saying yes to everything and now longer sales cycles cfos are involved in those conversations you know budgets are getting declined and i think the aes at this point are 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 really being exposed and they really, truly need a level up. They need a training. They need to get, you know, their confidence or their nuanced information or whatever it is they're, they're representing. They need to get leveled up right now. And I think, you know, you and other communities are, need to be out there to train them because that's where it all starts.
0: Yeah. And, and it's funny because budget might, all well, my, my corporate clients were in budget conversations. Mm-hmm. And so You you know, you start talking and some budgets are shrinking, but it's Mm -hmm. funny on the sales side, I'm seeing a lot more requests for my seven-step program, right? The basics of sales, my process, because it's rinse and repeat, but I'm really seeing a lot of of, uh, business development because... In this mar, these margins are shrinking, right? The economy, everything is costing more. We're get- we have to generate that much more revenue. And what they're finding is people were exactly what you said in the bull market. They were living off the low hanging fruit, and now it's like, well, how do we source? How do we get yeah. leads? I haven't been, you know, going to networking because of COVID, and now I've lost my touch, and I don't know where to begin. And yeah. it's all about that preparation. So 100%. talk to me about the lead gen because. What you help them do. So these account executives, it, it, right? There's, you've come to a crossroad <laughs> corporations, businesses, whatever you are, because the economy is what it's doing. The cost is what our costs are going up. We need to drive more revenue back into the business. So for these account executives, do they source them on their own? And do they spend the time doing that? Do they have the time to do that? Or do they really need to hire somebody like you or me so that it's, it's that? catapult kind of experience where, you know, maybe the pinch initially because of the cost, but then the revenue becomes exponentially more on the back end. Right. Right.
1: I mean, I think the, the CEOs and the CFOs need to be realizing that they've been spending all this money on marketing in this bullish economy yeah, and they have to start shaving that dollar to sales development yep. and they have to shave it to training. Yep. And, and this is not self-serving it. I mean, it's, it's just predictable revenue. Right. Yep. And so sales development, which is where we live, you know, is really where the you know the end of marketing ends and the beginning of sales begins and that's what's super important. So we're not a marketing you know function but we blend into the marketing function. We're not a sales function but we blend into it. We're that go between. That's right. So we're trying to create you know sales qualified leads for account executives to go ahead and do what they're good at. Because here's the reality: it's like an assembly line. Any sales cycle is like an assembly line right. in the in the car factory, right? Yep. You know, one guy's building the engine, one guy's painting the car, one guy's putting it together. And it's the same process here. But if you have a high-paid subject matter expert, you know, very very good AE, spending eighty percent of their day, probably more now because pipelines are dried up, making cold calls, LinkedIn link connections, sending messages. And what we call prospecting, 80% of their day, and they're responsible for closing business, Yeah, that's just a broken model. You want them doing what they're good at, closing deals, doing demos, and and getting those contracts signed. And if we can fill their day with appointments that are qualified, not just marketing leads that someone filled out a form online, an actual truly qualified conversation before they get to them... That is going to make their job not only easier, but more, like you said before in the quote, more quality, more, and and more qualified and mostly more effective.
0: And it's, it, it actually shrinks the sales cycle. If you, you know, garbage in, garbage out, when you have this good stuff going in, the results become again, exponential. So you feel the pinch initially, right. To fill, start to fill the pipeline, but the money on the back end is going to be so much more than spending 80% of our time sourcing leads versus doing it. And it was funny because one of my clients, I just did the business development class and, um, So the end of this year, their objective, now they're managers. So they're managing people and they're managing operations as well as their sales effort. So last year, 2023, or this year, they were supposed to do uh, 25% outbound calling. Next year, it's bumping up to 50%. So now they're like, oh my, and I said, here's the thing. You have to get your people internally. So your assistants and, and your, your peeps doing what they need to do because you're not just January 1st. You're going to be like, Oh, 50%. I have to be outside. Who's doing all of the internal work and what legwork do you need to create the lead so that you're out 50% of the time? Like it's not like I wish it and it happens. It's just we don't we don't have a crystal ball to 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 know where to go. You have to start building it. So I said you have, and this is what I said to them. It was last week, uh, Gabe. I said, you have you have two months, basically two months. I would get locked and loaded so that when January hits, you're out 50% of the time. I said two months is a long time if you're strategic in how you approach it, right? So, again, it goes back to what my quote is where we we, I think we think we can wing it and I'll just knock on doors, cold calling or I'll do it it doesn't work. These strategies don't work because it's garbage, garbage in, garbage out. So we need people like you. We need people like me. And again, not self-serving. It's a fact. And just real quick, before I ask my next question, I just read a statistic. It, It really blew my mind, to be honest. 84% of people who are being approached, whether it's a CEO or a business owner or client, whatever, depending on what your B2B or B2C, 84% of the potential client feels that the representative is showing up unprepared or ill-prepared, meaning they're not showing up knowing about the client or they're not well-trained or they're not the right lead. So it becomes this whole waste of time. 84%, Gabe, blew my mind.
1: It, it It's mind blowing, but it's not blowing my mind anymore. And I figured I I figured out why this is happening. Because I just got off a demo from a company. Again, very big, fast growing, reputable company. And the AE showed up five minutes late. I literally had to ask him after five minutes. I knew him like, do you even know what I do? Oh. And like, like, I actually had to do that. It was horrific. But here's what's happening. Here's what the reality is. Like Connie, remember back in the day when we had, to put on our you know briefcase or blouse, get our you know uh, blazer on, get our briefcase. You know we had to obviously have all of the pre-call research, all, everything, and we have to physically go into a boardroom and actually do a demo and and yep. meet with executives, and and that's how sales, all sales, no matter what it is that you were selling, had to be. Of course, you're not going to walk into an office and have your briefcase in your hand and not be prepared. But now we live in this Zoom back-to-back world where we're doing 15 demos on Zoom a day. We're we're not even eating lunch, and we're just going back-to-back-to-back, and no one's looking up anything. They're just trying to get as many demos as possible because of these, again, higher quota numbers, higher volume expectations, higher KPIs. And they're just trying to churn, churn, churn in the meetings, and no one even knows why they're looking at the other person on the other line. It's crazy. And so I think that's super important.
0: It is. And it's funny. I remember one of my clients up in Connecticut drove, you know, three and a half hours. I walked right. in and he said, this was live in the day. And he said to me, oh, you don't have a PowerPoint? Dave, right. I was taken back. I said, like, I'm like, dude, <laughs> I, and, and then I thought he does. And I. this is what I thought. He doesn't think I'm prepared. So I said, look, you know, his name was Mark. I said, you know, I know your bank does this. I know this, this, and this. I said, but here are questions I have that I don't know the answer to. When was the last time you did any training? What stuck? What hasn't? Why did it stick? Why didn't it stick? What is your objective? What is the skill level? What do you want your people to be doing at the end of this training, right? You're spending all this money and time. What do you want your people to doing? What does the client journey look like? Do you have a culture? He tilted his head, Gabe, I swear to. And I said, I have an agenda in my packet for you, but I need these questions. Then I can make my recommendation because I customize. I am not going to come in and say, my way is the right way. What culture are you building? And then I'll tell you what you need, what's missing, and what we can build from instead of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. He tilted his head and we sat down. I thought, I just got the freaking business. He didn't know my pricing. He didn't know me from Adam. Well, by the end, as he was leaving, of course, I got the business. They didn't even know my price structure. He said, start scheduling, work with them, send me the proposal. Didn't even know my price structure. And as he was leaving, he turns around. He goes, Con, I said, yeah, Mark, what's up? And he goes, you see what you just did here? Can you teach my people that? Right. And it was funny, uh, Gabe, and I said to him, it's how I roll. And I never realized that that prep part, st- spending that extra time so that you're really showing up prepared. It fast forwards the whole thing. And they did. They bought for me without knowing what my pricing was. Honest to God, true story. So it, it. this preparation is so critical. But you have to show up prepared in some way or have qualified leads. So we're not wasting our time as the the account executive, but also you're not wasting the client's time because that just creates a waste of time for everybody and havoc and and angst and depression and whatever.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have to double down and dovetail with what you're saying, because if you think about it and we call it discovery, right? Preparation, discovery. So, you know, the reason why you won that deal. Is because you were able to ask phenomenal discovery questions, and he knew right away that you knew what to ask, and that you knew your stuff. That's right, and they almost had to prove to you in order for you to work with them, versus the opposite. That's but right. the reality is like that's what account executive teams need to be doing right now. Companies shouldn't be saying, "Hey, do twice the amount of outbound." They should be saying, "Do twice the amount of discovery, yeah. and then let." someone else, our company, SDRs, however you want to do it, do the outbound. And that is going to allow our AEs or your AEs to have more time to do that discovery. And that's where they should be spending their time, not asking your you know, six-figure uh, salespeople, hey, go make 20 more phone calls. That's right. Um, because by the way, they don't know where to go to make those calls. They, it's all spray and pray. Yeah. And you know, here's what's interesting. Uh, Bridge Report just came out, 2023. The average uh, inside sales, rep is making 40 phone calls outbound a day and sending 40 emails outbound a day. Connie, do you know how many emails our our reps make here? They have a minimum expectations of 250 calls and 250 emails. Wow, Six times. Our one rep is doing six times the amount of outbound as the average in-house SDR. And so it's because they don't even know where to go. They're not being managed. They're not giving the right data. It's just kind of a free for all. And so if you have it where it's laser focused on, hey, that's what you do, you prospect, hey, that's what you do, you do discovery and you do demos. And it's just better.
0: It's funny because they look at it as a line item of cost. Yes. And I think like especially my CFOs listening, <laughs> you really have to look at it as as money. Revenue coming in, what you're spending, it's really because if you could spend a dollar and make a thousand dollars with every one of those new leads, why aren't you spending a dollar every day? <laughs>
1: right? right. And again, back so, yeah. to predictable revenue, right? Yeah. yeah. I saw a scenario came out where, you know, they were doing LinkedIn campaigns and LinkedIn ads. They don't work. You know, they, they don't work. I mean, you, the one company spent over $2 million of LinkedIn ads of the year, and how many leads and how much revenue actually came from it? It was. You would have thrown up. The CFO would have literally thrown up if you saw that happen, um, versus actual, you know, predictable, um, results in this type of fashion. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, again, you're, you're going to get the return on investment 100%.
0: And here's the thing, money is tight for everybody, every business. I don't care, you know, even if you're a booming business, people are watching what they're spending their money on. So that's my my next question. Do you think and are you seeing that the buying journey, right, that client journey is actually longer than it's ever been before?
1: Without a doubt. And it's even... More so, again, on the prospecting side, you actually have to prospect twice the amount of touches in order to get that conversation started. Mm -hmm. That's a fact right now. Literally twice the amount of activity has to be incurred in order to get the exact same uh, results of starting the buying journey. But then as you go through the buying journey, not only is it a longer cycle, but it's also a much more advanced one. And what I mean by that is CFOs, are on these conversations more than ever before. CFOs are being tagged into these budget decisions that never, ever, ever was the case prior to. And so you need to be more advanced, come to your training, of course, but need to be more advanced to have an articulate conversation with a CFO versus with a you know a decision maker that would not be them. So that's really important to, to look at as well. But that's part of the reason why it's being uh, drawn out.
0: Yeah, and nothing against my CFOs.
1: <laughs> no, not at all.
0: <laughs> when we start talking sales, they want to get into the minutiae, right? Because yep. it's the dollars at work. That's where they they need that skill. So it's funny because they wanna know the weeds before we even understand what the client journey looks like. So I giggle. Here's the thing. I they do need to be in those meetings, and I usually request that they be in the meetings because if they understand the philosophy and what the strategy, the execution is, right? It becomes tangible for them. Then they can justify to say, yeah, this is a budget item that we actually need to put, you know, put our money where our mouth is, so to speak, or our our teams need this, this help. They need a Gabe, they need a Connie wherever they're coming from. So yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. I've been doing this 40 years. So it's like, okay, we're in a downturn. Okay. My business is going to go up because everybody needs business development. And when things, are riding high, people are like, yeah, we don't need you, Connie. We're good. Good is the enemy of great, right?
1: Yep. Yep. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. How do you, again, I'm sorry. No, after you. I I was going to say, so how do you find these great AEs, you know, these account executives that are making these 250 calls, 250 emails, you know, where do you find them? How do do you find them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we come from, the founders and myself come from a recruiting background. So the people are our product. You know, I actually sit on every single interv- final interview before someone comes into our team. Mm. We have a lot of people applying to our company. We're blessed to have that type of brand awareness, been doing this for so long. But it's not about the, the people that are applying. It's about the people we actually finally hire. And we have to vet out and sort so many layers. It's Yes, you may consider an SDR job an entry-level role, but we don't treat it like that. Mm-hmm. You know that is our product, so we treat it no differently than we are hiring a multi six figure account executive um even though it's it 's a typically a paid you know paid less type of role. We want to find people who are going to do that. We also put really good career paths in place for our team, mm-hmm. and then we also point to where you can go from here you know we call them aop alumni. But I can point to 15 people right now by name that are VPs, directors, CEOs, C- CROs uh, of companies that worked with us five, seven, ten years ago and are now doing very, very well financially, managing hundreds of people. But they started working here as a, as a sales rep. And uh, think about you know where we started. You know, mostly people who are high level executives or CROs started off cold calling, probably as well. So if you come to this incubator, if you will, and know that that is ultimately where you can go in your career years from now, you you, you attract some good people.
0: It's got to be clear. And it's funny, you know, when I teach coaching and they, you know, we need our people to do fill in the blank and they say, okay, yes. And we, we certainly need to do that. Right. We, we have to pay the bills, keep the lights on all those things. You have to build skill. But are you talking about career pathing, especially when you have the part timers who are in college? They're doing it as a part time job. And I get, oh, they don't care because it's a part time job. And I says, well, then approach them and say, hey, listen, you want to get you want to graduate and you want to become whatever. Right. It's it's my let's say I'm a banker. I work at a bank, i a manager of bank. Gabe, you don't want to work in a bank, but you're going to school. This pays the bills. It's in your backyard. Right. It's convenient with with your school schedule. And I said, but tell them. I could teach you life skills. I could teach you time management skills. I could teach you communication skills so that no matter what you do, whatever your career is, accountant, whatever, you now can step in. And when you get that interview, guess what? You're going to get the job. I said, so let them get their part-time job, but let them show up a thousand percent for you while they're getting paid their minimum wage or whatever it is. And people look at me like, oh, I never thought of it that way. You know, again, you you put good stuff out, you're going to get good stuff back but that yeah. you have that as part of that entry level position to say here's some career pathing how hungry are you how how eager are you to, to go up that that learning curve and look we have you know CEOs CROs out there now who have started businesses or worked for these corporations that started doing exactly what you're doing it, it, again it makes it tangible as to why i should put this effort and and more importantly why i should learn now so that it's going to benefit me long term but it goes back to it's all about planning and learning and growing, and we have to be lifelong learners. And I think people focus on the widget instead of wait. Let me expand my perspective because then I'll get more quali- qualified leads because I'm doing the right behaviors behind the scenes. You know what I mean?
1: I totally understand what you mean. Yeah, absolutely. And another piece that we're really investing in is is obviously training. You know, working uh, you know alongside what you're doing. You know, it's amazing to to provide you know training and courses and, and education and. And, 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 you know, we we're work from home and frankly, you know, that's an attraction attraction in itself. Yeah. And so, you know, we are able to attract some great people, but what, just because you attract them, you have to really pour into them and really invest into them. And if, if you're doing that successfully, they'll stay, stay with you for a long time.
0: Yeah. Do you think the office world's ever coming back or, you know, I, I know a lot of, there's so many articles now out there about hybrid work and all of this stuff. What, what are you saying?
1: We bought everyone cameras. I mean, literally we bought our entire staff a 1080p camera and everything's on camera and we are fully adopting the work from home mentality. But a lot of people look at it like, oh, you can't get what you can done. I think with technology the way it is, we can get all the positives we want out of a work from uh, work from office environment and bring it into a work from home environment and accomplish just as much, if not more. You know, I, I actually went to some weddings and, and some people came to my wedding that work with me that I never physically met before. But we've been working together for years, right? And uh, and, and and so much so that we can invite each other to, to our weddings. It's kind of crazy what the world has been able to accomplish in this work from home mentality. But I think there's definitely room for, you know, working in an office and depending on what the actual role is. Uh, I'm not taking like the the Elon Musk approach where it's like it's ridiculous or, you know, and, and no, you can't work from home. But I do feel that there are certain roles that are required to, you know, do go out in the world. And then there's other ones that you can absolutely accomplish more or just as much, if not more uh, working from home.
0: You know, and I get it. These companies are paying for the real estate. So they yeah. feel like we're paying for it. You guys should come in Right. But it, at what, at what cost, right? So if somebody truly can work remote, like you said, some people, you have to be client facing. You have to, you know, the, you got to be shaking hands, whatever. Um, it's your job, doctors, you know, uh, nurses, et cetera, for, for example. But the flip side to that is if I can work remotely and now, like, I don't know in, in where you are, I forget where you live, but in Jersey, yeah. you know, like I have a client in North Jersey. It could take me anywhere on a good day. It's an hour and 10 minutes one way. On a bad day, it could take me over two hours. So by, you know, then you're then on the way home, it's a good day, an hour and 10 minutes, a bad day, two hours after training or working that whole day, Um it, it, you know, that four hours, what could I be doing? Forget about a business, but what could I be doing for that client to be making them more money? Maybe I could do more training at a lower price point because I don't have to do the travel. So we, I think we have to understand what the objective is before you say, no, it's got to be hybrid or no, it's got to be fully remote or no, it's got to be fully face to face. I I think it, it really has to be a case by case because there, I see the benefits on both sides.
1: I do too. And like, just for instance, just today, I was on a phone call with an individual in South Africa. I was on a phone call with an individual in India. I'm looking at my calendar as I'm looking down here. Yeah. And I was on a phone call with, or Florida. I live in upstate New York. I'm on the phone call with you in Jersey and I didn't have to buy one plane ticket. Yeah. And so the reality is, is like, that just was my day just today. And so, you know, allowing us to communicate, I mean, you look at like all these SaaS companies are struggling sometimes or, or right now, but look at deal deals blowing up right now and they are a remote, uh, you know, function, if you will, they are allowing companies to hire anywhere in the world, uh, an employee of record company is what they're doing. And so those companies are exploding and it's because you have the ability to have a globalization of the workforce. And I think that's super important, um, to your point, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, because now you cast the net wider, you could really get the best of the best of the best.
1: Yeah. Well, you right? asked me before, how do you find these people? Well, we don't have any geography limits. You know, we actually used to I I'm in Buffalo, New York, and we had a sales floor, the hundred sales reps. It was cool, ping pong table, dartboard, very Google esque. But in Buffalo. And so and so we had a you know an awesome environment in the office. But then I realized, okay, we can't grow fast enough and find quality SDRs if we're just looking in this small region. Yeah. And so when we went remote, we opened up the the you know the pond a little bit and now we can find a lot more people who are able to to give us everything they got without those limitations. Yeah. And we we buy the technology, we supply them with the technology and and it's great and we give them the tools they need to work in a in a way in which is is very easy to manage.
0: And here's the cool thing, whether you're live meeting clients or not, you know, I was, te- when I was teaching the business development, I had them crack it up because I said, you know, you guys could look up a website. I used to have to go into a building, look at the kiosk, <laughs> make a list, go to the library and look up, you know, go to the, you know, D- the Dewey Decimal System. And yep. I had them, le- some of the kids were like, oh, what? I was like, yeah, go to the library. You'll see what I'm talking about. But when I went through and I said, I always did my prep because I I would never show up for a prospect especially if I knew they were a good fit for what I was offering whatever whatever product I was selling um you know financial that I showed up prepared so I did all of that legwork do you know how much time I spent doing that I made more money and I was living off of referrals a heck of a lot faster than others because I was strategic in in how I did spend my time I said you guys you, you have a call tomorrow. You could Google it. You could go on LinkedIn, look up the, the CEO and the CFO and find out if they're charitably oriented or they're philanthropic in nature. If you might be working at the food bank, they might be working at the food bank. Like that didn't happen years ago. So, when 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 I say be strategic in how you approach it, there's no excuse not to anymore. You have it at your fingertips. And what you were describing before about we go from meeting to meeting and we don't even know who we're talking to, that to me is not okay. Um, we have to do that recon before you get in front because we're wasting so much time and money and effort. And you know now you're paying for real estate, and it, it just we have to be strategic. But I think we have to look at what is the objective, and then back into what does that look like: hybrid or hiring a Gabe or hiring a Connie? Because sometimes they can do it internally. I'm not saying that they can't, but right. what is your strategic plan? I think that needs to be clear. Hundred percent.
1: And and to your other point about working remotely, it's funny because I have a friend of mine. We were at dinner the other day, and and they were saying, "Yeah, I'm back in the office," but. Uh, they, they're they're asking, though, hey, everyone's got to come back to the office. And so he fell victim to that. And I was back to the office. And guess what he does all day in the office? He's on Zoom calls all day long. So it's like, what's the point? Right. You know, you, you're you're that Zoom calls all day long at home. And now he's sitting in a cubicle on Zoom calls all day long. <laughs> it's like, what what is it that that makes any sense? I have no idea.
0: Well, and I think the thing there is, yeah, you have the camaraderie. You can, if you have a question, like if you and I are Zooming and you have a question, I could run to the other department, right? So yeah. I get, I get, again, I do sure. get the idea of the hybrid, but to do that five days a week, it's it's still very isolating, I think. Plus now you have to do the commute who's taking care of the kids. You can, if you're working from home, you get them off the bus and come back to work. Right. So right. I, yeah. You, again, what is your strategy? What is the objective yeah. you're looking to achieve? And then you kind of got it back into it. Um, we're out of time, my friend. So everyone, listen, if you are struggling with good lead generation and your people are, are on that treadmill, but they ain't going anywhere because they're wasting more time um, doing the recon piece of it. You got to check out um, the website for Gabe. It's um, Alleyoop, which, by the way, I love that. Uh, Really quick. How did you you come up with Alleyoop? I I can't remember if I asked you in the last show, but I love it. Alleyoop.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a basketball team. You know, you throw it, throw it up and then the, the, the guy comes in and slam dunk it. Right. So that's our approach is we're the ultimate assist. So we, we do the setup and, and you do the close and, and that's why we took Aliop And It's, it's been a great, uh we take it to heart too. We have all of our internal team names are all after NBA teams. So we have a lot of f- basketball th- uh, fun over here.
0: I love it. So Alleyoop.io is the website. Now, listen, if you have a question specific for Gabe, it's G Ga- it's Lulo, L-U-L-L-O. Did I spell that right? Yep. Um, yeah, at Alleyoop.io. So again, if you have a question, reach out to Gabe. He's just a delight um, to chat with. But check out the website. It, this might be, especially 2024 20, is right around the corner, uh, folks. So Gabe might be what you're looking for, especially if you're looking to scale and grow your business business or even my corporate clients, if you or my corporate followers, if you're looking to expand your footprint in the marketplace or generate more market leads, um, Gabe might be exactly what you're looking for. And Gabe, you do not um, just do you just do one specific um, industry or you you, you work with everybody that has sales teams?
1: Yep. We're industry agnostic. We completely any any inside sales function or team that you need, we can support.
0: I love that sales agnostic. I like that term. You're a hoop dude. I love it. Um, thank you again for being on. And I, I really hope people check you out because I think 2024 is, is going to be a tough year for business because of our shrinking margins and costs going up and, and you know just everything going on. So um, I really do hope people check you out. So thank you for sharing your zone of genius with us. I love you, my friend.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: All right, cool. And I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together, no matter where you are on your sales journey or you're changing your sales game, I hope Gabe and I today shared some ideas for you to go, huh, I didn't think of that, or, huh, that's a good way to approach it. Um so again, I hope we do some pattern interrupts for you if you will and hopefully expand your perspective on what could be versus just what you've been doing because it's how you've been doing it. Information's a beautiful thing. If you do nothing with it, it's simply information. Please take some of the ideas or the conversation that Gabe and I had today, apply one of the ideas or look at one of the ideas strategically within your organization. I promise you that time spent will will end up re, re, reaping rewards, whether it's a savings of time or money or making more sales um, wherever you're coming from. Again, implement, st- strategize, use Gabe, use me. We're here and we really do care about our clients. So thank you so much. You've been listening to Changing the Sales Game with me, your host, Connie Whitman on webtalkradio.com. It's truly an honor to have you join me weekly and I do hope that my guests and I provide um, some real tangible, actionable things after listening. I love you all. I will see you next week. Have a great one, everybody.
1: Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow.